0: The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Bwydin God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Bwydin mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in. A destiny word,
1: amen. And I want to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we know the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray in this short time you've given to us to exegete this test. Give us a word that works, put a rematos, a word that comes straight from the throne room of grace in my mouth. Father, it will be a blessing to somebody who came ready to receive from you. Put away man's philosophy, doctrine, man's intellect, oh God, and saturate this being with a divine understanding that will be able to articulate the divine agenda for humanity. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter number one, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter one from the verse number one, God who in sundry times and in diverse ways or many forms showed himself or spoke through our fathers, the prophets, to us, as in these last days spoken to us through his son. Now what the man called Paul was exegeting or trying to tell the church was that God is not one way. God reveals himself through various forms. Actually, the reason why we have various doctrinal clashes in our time and churches fight churches doctrinally is because we fail to appreciate that God is not stereotyped. God is not one way. He reveals himself differently. And so the same God who showed himself to another person and said, I am the Lord that healeth. And the person called him Jehovah Rofahika, or God Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, showed himself to another person and said, For me, when I come, I don't just heal, but I fight. And so my name is Jehovah El Gibor. And so God will show himself to another person and say that when you are going into any kind of battle, confrontation, or warfare, there are people who hoist their flags, hoist the red, gold, green, hoist the many stars that are being hallowed by red and white stripes, I'm not going to do that when you are going there instead of you hoisting a flag hoist my name up because i am jehovah nissi the lord who is a banner and so this god shows himself in many ways and tells the people um what he does and every time he shows them he he just tells them about an attribute of his that does not exclusively tells who he is just gives you an idea that he does that he does that he does that but there is no way you can explain god away Any of his attributes are powerful, but none of his attributes can fully explain him. Actually, if you try to use only one attribute to explain God, you you reduce God, you get yourself into what we call the reductionistic subset of the theological revelation. Where you bust God up in a small bust and you try to tell the world who he is. But God is bigger than any doctrine. God is bigger than any model. God is bigger than any philosophy. God is bigger than any kind of model or any model that you use to explain him. He he, he was there before a model. He will be there after there is a model. And so you can't use anything technically to explain God away. All his attributes are powerful. But nobody has ever used um, any attribute that brings him into a realm of intimacy like the psalmist does in the book of Psalm 23. He starts by saying, the Lord that everybody knows as the Nisi, the Rofahika, the Rafa, the Rohi, the Makadishkemi, the Tikenu, the God of all flesh, the captain of Israel, the master of the universe, the one who created the world, the one who formed the beams of the earth. That Lord, they see, is my shepherd. And so he used a possessive pronoun to say that that God is mine. He is not for them. He's mine. He might not be yet for everybody, but this God is for me. He moved on but because that god is my shepherd then i shall lack nothing it means that there is nothing as long as i remain within the parameters or under the umbrella of God's providence, there is no way I will lack anything. As long as I stay under divine canopy, lack will not be in my vocabulary. I pray that even as you stay under God's canopy of grace, let nothing called lack be in your domain. Let There should be nothing called lack. The Bible says, I shall lack nothing. And I make that prophetic declaration over your life, wherever you are, that as you journey through the pages of life, because you have made this God your Lord, your your shepherd, may you lack nothing. Thing. There is nothing called good. There is nothing called wonderful. There is nothing. The Bible says for every good and every perfect gift coming from God, the father of life in whom there is no variable there's no shadow of ten. Every good and every perfect thing. It means that this God can give you the perfect stuff. It means that this God can give you the good stuff. It means that this God can give you what is called uh, the ultimate. Uh, he can give it to you. If you are hovering around God or if you find yourself around God, there is nothing called luck that can be around you. Watch the test even as it unfolds. The Bible says you shall lack nothing. And not only that, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Then he says, he talks about his leadership. But before he talks about leadership, he's saying that this God will make me lie down in green pastures. It means that God will give me abundance such that I will lack Nothing. You replaces labor with favor. Instead of me working hard to get, you put me where there is abundance. It means that God will put me at the right place at the right time. God will make sure that I am in the place where when I need it, it's all around me. That is the problem of humanity. You see, um, if, if you find yourself in the wrong place, you don't really achieve much. But if God places you in the right place at the right time, you look all around you and you see favor all around you. And I pray that may God find you in the right place at the right time, whereby when you lift up your eyes, you see grace and favor all around you, that God will replace every labor with favor. May God find a way and get through to you and place you where you'll find yourself in the midst of abundance. The Bible says, and this God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Is in glory. May God find a way to supply you with everything that will make your journey worthwhile. May God find you in a place of abundance. May God find you in a place where you will find abundance. Everywhere around you, you will not lack anything. There will be still waters. There will be enough food. There will be enough water. It means that God will equip you for the journey. May the journey God has placed you there on, called the destiny of life. May you be equipped so that you'll be able to take territories and fulfill destiny. Whatever thing that you require for destiny fulfillment, I came to release a prophetic word over your life that may God bring everything that will make your journey worthwhile, whatever thing that will help land you where God has destined for you to be, may God place it on your May God land you where there will be enough to spare. That whatever thing that He has said He will do with your life, God will land you where the pastures are green, the evergreenness, the realm where things are evergreen, the realm where you begin to experience abundance. Check the test. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And this is where I preach to you from today. He restoreth my soul. It's amazing that he's talking about the sheep and he's talking about the soul. Um, That word soul there simply means my life. What he's saying is that when I am cast down, God has what it takes to restore my life. Check the test again. Let me try. Um, There is something, if you do animal farming, there is something about these sheep You'll get to know that they have something that we call the cast sheep. The cast sheep is the sheep that will fall and will not be able to get up because it will be belly up and the legs will be dangling in the air. And over time, there will be asphyxiation and the sheep will die through suffocation. And the sheep dies because uh, gases will gather in the rumen and the, the gases, because it can't turn over, it will not be able to get them out and be able to live its normal life. And so when David is talking about why are you cast down, oh my soul, he was thinking about the kind that he had seen with his sheep when the sheep has no control over its life anymore it's just like seeing a cockroach lying belly up and uh, the cockroach is helpless and can't do anything to bring itself back on track Um, what David was saying is that every now and then we get ourselves in places where we find ourselves belly up and there is nothing that we can do to get ourselves back on track and when I get there he's saying that this God that I know this God that I serve this God that I follow he has what it takes that when I get to a place that I have no control over my life again and things are going down south, things are not moving the way I expect them to get to. There is a God who is able to come in and restore me. Uh, He's talking about the fact that God is able to restore your life and I pray for you that there are some of you under the sound of my voice, your life, you are now belly up. You've gotten to a place where you have no control over your life. Your spirituality is going down. Your business is going down. Everything around you, your health is going south. Everything is really moving down but there is a god who is able to step in and restore the soul of the sheep i pray for you that whatever restoration that you require wherever you've gotten to that you find yourself belly up that you can't have any control over your life may the lord god restore what makes the test interesting is the fact that when jesus was given a parable in the synoptics you read that how many of you will have sheep. And one of them will go missing and will not leave. If you have a hundred, you will not leave the ninety-nine and go looking for the one. It was the custom of shepherds to be counting their sheep frequently to see if any of the sheep has been cast. We don't call it lost, cast. Because when they are together, they will to be together. So if the sheep is missing from the fold, it means one of the sheep is cast. When a sheep is cast, the shepherd needs to work hard, walk long, but also be mindful of time. These three things are needed if you get into that kind of animal husbandry that is supposed to be mindful of time because if it doesn't locate the sheep on time, asphyxiation, the sheep is gonna die if it doesn't meet it on time. If there are predators, if there are vultures, scavengers around, when they see the helpless sheep, they will feast on it. And so the shepherd is supposed to move very fast to locate this cast sheep. Now, what this tells me as a believer is that most of the time we might be together. But oftentimes, some of us, we get cast along the way. But thank God, our shepherd keeps counting everybody. Um, he counts. He knows who is missing, who who cannot be found. He knows. He counts. God takes a periodic stalk. We don't serve a God who deals with us on a mass way. no, He doesn't do that. Not not on a mass basis, it doesn't treat us as a group, he deals with us as units, as individuals. And so sometimes he visits us corporately, but even in a corporation, he finds people within the corporation and he singles them out. And so he's saying that even though we are together at a certain point in our lives, we'll find ourselves cast somewhere somehow, and we'll be belly up. But thank God this shepherd will never leave us alone, neither will he forsake us. He is able to look for any sheep that has been cast, and when he gets there he does not just ask questions why are you cast down oh my soul he doesn't ask those questions and say that why are you the silly why didn't you follow instructions why didn't you come the shepherd doesn't have time to ask questions with the sheep looks at the sheep and saying that I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy and immediately he holds the sheep and flips the sheep over wherever you've gotten to that you find yourself cast may God show you mercy and flip may that be a divine flipping wherever you find yourself that things are not right may God flip and put you back on track the Bible says and I will restore unto you the days and the years that the palmer worm the canker worm and the locusts of eating can I speak to a few of you may God restore unto you I sense a sound of abundance right now may the Lord restore unto you whatever restoration you require may God restore can I speak to myself Maybe I'm speaking to myself, but I don't know how many of you are ready for this. I said, the restoration is not done by the sheep because the sheep is helpless. The sheep is cast belly up with the legs dangling. Can't help itself. The shepherd's responsibility is to restore. Because in a helpless state, the sheep can't even think what it wants. Because it's struggling to live. But when the shepherd gets there... Thank God, is not just a shepherd who needs a sat-nav or a GPS or um, a compass to navigate its way to see where the sheep is. This shepherd we are talking about is the all-knowing, all-seeing, omnipotent, omnipresent. The God who has all power, he's able to identify and locate where the sheep is cast. And when it gets there, he doesn't have time to exchange words. Why were you that silly you could have lived a better life than that you could have been shrewd with your business why did you do that you could have been prayerful you should have stood still you should have done things right the sheep doesn't answer those questions because the shepherd doesn't even ask it anyway you see when it comes to restoration no questions asked only results are given and i pray in the name of jesus that as you journey through the pages of life may god restore let me try to help the Bible says he restoreth so there is a he part it's a personal pronoun God does that he restoreth not his own soul because he doesn't need it that is where the conflict is if he restored my soul and it's not his soul but I am found in him where does the restoration cycle begins because in him I move live and have my being I am situated in his agenda and yet I am cast why should I be in him yet cast out of him And he comes and he doesn't look at himself But looks at me and restores me It means that before I was cast there was an agenda I was situated in him Before the foundations of the earth was laid And so when he's talking about restoration It's not just putting you up But putting you where you belong May God put you where you belong May God Can I really pray for you quickly May God place you where Before you came into this world There was a program called you There was a divine program called you. So when there is a restoration, it is not just getting you on your feet so that you can walk again. When the sheep is cast, the shepherd looks at himself in relation to the sheep. Does not look at the frailties of the sheep but considers his potency. So it is not about the sheep's weakness, it's about the shepherd's strength. The shepherd looks at his strength and overlooks the weakness of the sheep and says, come on. You are in me. And so, where I am, that is where you are to be. That's why the Bible says that you are seated together with Christ in heavenly. The soulless restoration is done by the Elohim. And he will say that to you to put it in perspective. Because, how can I be cast if I am in him? And if I cannot be cast, and I remain an integral part of this great God. Why is he restoring me and not him? Because the hands of God are not short that he cannot save, nor his ears dull that he cannot hear. But when people get into any form of sin, there is a rift, there is a lacuna, there is a a separation. And when there is that separation, they are unable to get what God wants them to get. But thankfully, the people themselves are blind, and so they can't see where God passed. The sheep will never know where the shepherd passed. So constantly, we don't look for God. God looks for us. Amen. That is why the Bible says that if he doesn't call a person unto himself, there is no way the person can come to him. It means there is no amount of search that can locate God. He has to call you, draw you onto himself.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael buedi You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya, Off Point One. Join in on any of our services. Sunday Word. First service, 7 to 9 a.m. Second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the Word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.